Hey, Disney fans, looking for the latest Disney news? And interviews with some of Disney's biggest stars? Have we got the podcast for you. Welcome to D23 Inside Disney. I'm Zynga from ABC's On the Red Carpet. I'm Jeffrey from D23. And I'm Sherry from Oh My Disney. And together, we are taking you Inside Disney. Hello, Zynga. Hello, Sherry. (laughs) And hello, Jeffrey, who is listening, I'm sure, on a cruise ship right now, as you can imagine. (laughs) Eating his chicken fingers. Eating his chicken fingers. (laughs) We're not jelly, Jeffrey. We're not jelly. No, not at all. And my stomach is not grumbling as we think and talk about this. (laughs) Anyway... To distract ourselves from the chicken tender jealousy. Zynga, tell me what you've been up to this week. Oh my goodness. Well, people can't see me, but I have my hair twisted, braided, and my daughter and I, it was hair braiding weekend, and that's always- It looks fabulous, by the way. Oh, thank you. It's always Mm. an ordeal, right? It takes a long time. So guess what? We used the opportunity to do some binge watching. So we watched Hocus Pocus 1 and 2 again, and then Drea wanted (gasps) to watch Haunted Mansion, which I just love, and you know, it's like Eddie Murphy classic, right? Yes. (laughs) And then after she was done, scooted her away, and I got to actually watch the new mutants and Werewolf by Night. Loved both of them. Wow. What a good October spooky weekend. Yes. (laughs) A spooky weekend. (laughs) (laughs) What about you? Well, so I have a work thing I want to share. The team that I work with on Pixar TikTok, we just released a video that I am like just so proud of. It's so good. We did it for Hispanic Latinx Heritage Month. And it's the song Un Poco Loco from Coco remixed in different Latin music styles. So you can hear a mariachi version, a merengue version, salsa and more, but it's all like a medley of it. And you see the performers doing their thing. And it's just like so catchy, you guys, just when you thought Un Poco Logo can't get any better. Not okay, I'm not gonna say it's better, but it's really, 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 really equally good. (laughs) Check it out on Pixar TikTok at Pixar. I'm totally checking that out. And while we're on that subject, I also want to direct everybody to On the Red Carpet Storyteller Spotlight because we actually highlighted some of our <sighs> awesome Hispanic and Latina storytellers across the Walt Disney Company. Woo-hoo! Yes, Scarlett Estevez, Chris Estrada, and Frankie Quinones from This Fool. And then, of course, Gio Benitez from ABC News. So it was a fun Hispanic Heritage Month celebration, right? On both ends. Totally, totally. Yes. And coming up on the show, we have the amazing Kat Koiro, director and producer on Marvel Studios, She-Hulk, attorney at law. So stay tuned for that. But first, we've got some news to get to. Zynga, take it away. Yes, we do. So remember we previously announced that David Beckham is back with a new series that he is co-producing on Disney Plus called Save Our Squad with David Beckham. Well, guess what, y'all? The official trailer has finally dropped. Yes! Yes! What excites me about this show is that David is heading back to his East London roots to mentor young boys who are part of a soccer league that David explains are at rock bottom. I mean, the coach is like they're losing constantly. And what is so Mm. special about the trailer is that David meets the young men for the first time and reveals that he, David Beckham, played on that same league (gasps) as the young boys. Wow. How cool. Isn't that amazing? So it's just so impactful because, you know, David, of course, is going to work with them and hopefully turn things around. And I highly recommend that everybody watch the full trailer on Disney Plus's YouTube page and the series premieres on Wednesday, November 9th on Disney Plus. Ah, very cool. What you got, Sherry? Okay, well, I've got some more magic to plus up (laughs) your day because Magic Band Plus. Yes. (laughs) Yes. 
<laughs> debuts at Disneyland Resort. We have the date, October 26th. Woohoo! This marks a milestone in resort history. You can enhance your experience, unlock a new dimension of Disney storytelling at the happiest place on earth. Does it have a rechargeable battery? You know it. Is it waterproof? Yes. No way. Will it come in an impressive selection of more than 18 colors and designs available at launch, including five prints exclusive to Disneyland Resort? Yes. Oh, stop it. <laughs> this is too good. Too good. It's too good. It's too good. So for a full list of where to get your Magic Band Plus and instructions on how it works and how to connect it to the Disneyland app, visit the Disney Parks blog. And Zynga, by the way, should have greeted you earlier, but happy belated World Okapi Day. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yes. Tell me more about this. Okay, so World Okapi Day was this week, was on October 18th. And right around this time, the animal and science operations team at Walt Disney Parks and Resorts introduced Benny, the newest Okapi at Animal Kingdom Lodge. I've got some fun facts. If you are like, what even is an Okapi? <laughs> so these <laughs> elusive animals, they live in the rainforest. They have black and white stripes on their hindquarters and on their front legs, which helps them camouflage among the trees. So they kind of look similar to zebras, but they are actually very closely related to giraffes. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Yes. I do remember seeing them. Yeah, okay. yeah. They look like just a hybrid of all kinds of fun animals. <laughs> so Benny <laughs> is the 12th Okapi born at Walt Disney World Resort and the fifth at the Lodge. He currently weighs just under 100 pounds and he stands a little over three feet tall from hoof to shoulder, kind of like me. <laughs> <laughs> And he will eventually grow to between five and six feet tall and up to 650 pounds. Oh, wow. In the coming months, he will make his debut on the Pembe Savannah. So keep your eyes peeled. Oh, my gosh. He sounds adorable. Mm -hmm. Oh, and, you know, while we're on the subject of animals, like our friends over at National Geographic, they have photographed some incredible mm -hmm. animals in nature. And so have you ever wondered what it's like to be a National Geographic explorer? Yes, actually, right? yes. <laughs> well, guess what? Now you can get a glimpse of what it's like because National Geographic Live has announced a 2022 to 2023 North American tour. Yes. Ooh. Now, what does this entail exactly? Well, this tour will be visiting nearly 60 cities with over 200 planned events consisting of 37 new and returning renowned exports ranging from photographers, scientists, authors, filmmakers, and adventurers who will provide an immersive experience by transporting guests to magnificent destinations and some behind-the-scenes stories of their adventures with awe-inspiring imagery and footage. You can just imagine what that will look and feel like. Wow. And you know what? Some of my favorite explorers that I'm actually looking forward to include Tracy Drain, who we're going to take audiences on a trip to discover the marvels of our cosmic backyard through the eyes of a robotic spacecraft sent Whoa. out to explore it. Oh, yeah. Listen, look, space has always been one of my hashtag goal trips for me. So I guess this is a good start. Ooh, D23 <laughs> inside Disney, inside outer space. Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. We can... Right. <laughs> Yeah. Right. That should be the next one. Right. And then <laughs> another explorer that I'm really excited about because I love dinosaurs is Lindsay Zano. She is basically going to give insight as to how a climate crisis gave rise to one of the famous predators of all time, the T-Rex. Dun, dun, dun. Yes. So <laughs> those are some of the explorers. And of course, you can see the full schedule of events, cities, dates, and speakers for National Geographic Live at nationalgeographic.com slash events. 
I love, love, love this next piece of news. The Walt Disney Company and Starlight Children's Foundation have unveiled new experiences to bring comfort and joy to patients at Children's National Hospital in Washington, D.C. Yes, the Walt Disney Company is engaged in a five-year, $100 million commitment to help reinvent the patient and family experience in children's hospitals all across the globe through interactive installations, these beautiful murals, play spaces, and more. There was recently an Encanto-themed event at oh. Children's National Hospital in Washington, D.C., where there was a ribbon-cutting ceremony, a special video message from the actual voice talent from the movie, sing-alongs, the chance to draw characters from the film with a Walt Disney Animation Studios artist. How cool is that? And of course, a screening of Encanto on the Disney mobile movie theater screen. There are also these really cool interactive murals that are augmented reality. So you can use your phone to see these beautiful pieces of art come to life. So that's wow. super cool. There's also Disney themed Starlight Hospital Wear and a new collection of Encanto themed hospital wear was Ooh. just announced. So patients nationwide will be able to dress in their favorite Mirabelle, Isabella or Antonio hospital wear next year. For more information on all of this and to see a video, go to the WaltDisneyCompany.com. And in news from our Marvel friends, Marvel is celebrating Disney 100 with special What If covers featuring Mickey, Minnie, Donald, Gooby, and more. Yes. So Disney's 100th anniversary is going to be celebrated all around the globe. And Marvel Comics is marking the occasion with a special monthly Disney 100 variant cover program. Mm -hmm. Wow. They'll pay homage to legendary moments from Marvel Comics like Captain America assembling Earth's mightiest heroes and the groundbreaking debut issue of fantastic four and the incredible hulk there are going to be 12 covers total and fans can look forward to a new disney 100 variant cover also available in black and white hitting stands each month of 2023 at your local comic shop oh that is spectacular Mm -hmm. very exciting and some other exciting news, right? There is a series on Disney Channel that has made history. The hit series Bunked, which Disney branded television has announced, is being renewed for season seven on Disney wow. Channel. Yes, it's now going to officially become the longest running live action Disney Channel series. So congratulations to the cast and crew on this awesome achievement. Of course, our favorite series regulars are set to return. So mark your calendars because on Friday, December 2nd, season six of Bunked Learning the Ropes will air a holiday themed episode with new weekly episodes returning in January of 2023. Woohoo! Ah, the holidays really are here. Yeah. Almost. <laughs> well, back to Nat Geo. National Geographic has announced the third year of its Field Ready program, which is aimed to promote diversity and inclusion in global unscripted television production for historically underrepresented creators and storytellers interested in working behind the camera in natural history, science, and exploration filmmaking. Yes. So, so, so cool. To date, the program has been super successful with early career storytellers from 15 countries and 60% of participants are now working on National Geographic productions around the globe. So that is super cool. That is so wonderful. Yes. Yeah. Really awesome. Yes. And the mentees, they're going to have an opportunity to network with their class cohorts 
industry professionals, I mean, like the best of the best, and Nat Geo executives. And upon graduating, they will be announced to the wider production community as qualified candidates for National Geographic productions all around the world. And who knows, maybe outer space, apparently. (laughs) Yes, you never know. I mean, what impactful work. That is fantastic. Super incredible program for lifting up underrepresented voices. That's right. That's right. It's really important. And so, did you all see it? (laughs) did you all see it because I know when I saw it I wanted to be part of her world yes Mm -hmm. y'all the first (laughs) poster of Disney's The Little Mermaid has been released it's so beautiful did you see it Mm -hmm. Sherry it is stunning oh my gosh I was looking at it on my phone and zoom 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 as much as I could on all the details right (laughs) and it's just it it really stopped me it's like it held my breath I was like (gasps) right Mm. now for those of you who haven't seen it the poster features Halle Bailey as Ariel looking up from under the sea as the light shines down on her from above it Mm. looks like a dream honestly so just so you know May 26 2023 my daughter and I will be ready when The Little Mermaid directed by Rob Marshall opens exclusively in theaters nationwide ah Exciting. Well, Zynga, you know what time it is. Tell me, Sherry, what time is it? It is time for five fantastic things to watch this weekend presented by State Farm. For complete details and listings, visit d23.com. And remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. First up, Marvel's Spidey and His Amazing Friends, new episode on Friday, October 21st at 8.30 p.m. on Disney Channel and 12.30 p.m. on Disney Junior. The episode names, Sand Trapped and Too Much Fun, which sounds like too much fun. (laughs) (laughs) Also on Friday, The Villains of Valley View, new episode at 8 p.m. on Disney Channel. Ooh, and Sherry, remember I was telling you about how um, I had a weekend of hair, which was a whole ordeal? Okay, well, I'm really excited about this series that's coming up. It's set to premiere Saturday, October 22nd on Hulu. It's called The Hair Tales. Honestly, I would have loved this series when I was little because honestly, the um, series explores this important topic to Black women and it provides an honest conversations about Black hair. And it, it takes a layered look into the complex culture of Black hair and identity, beauty, cultural and social contributions and humanity. The series is executive mm. produced by Disney legend Oprah Winfrey, Disney legend Tracy Ellis Ross, and Michaela Angela Davis, who also has some yeah. fabulous hair. Yes, <laughs> amazing. On Sunday, October 23rd, starting at 9 a.m., it's a Pirates of the Caribbean movie marathon on FX. Yes, it is all day, all pirates, all the films, including... Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl, Dead Man's Chest, At World's End, On Stranger Tides, and Dead Men Tell No Tales. Ooh, gosh, love it. I know what I'm going to be doing. Well, on Sunday, October 3rd, you can enjoy Peyton and Eli's spooky adventure, A Places Universe special on ESPN+. All I can say is that the special involves two Irish players and the ghost of Notre Dame's most legendary football player. Ooh. Oh, yes. There, there might be some ghost busting with the brothers, too. <laughs> <laughs> On to our guest, who we have a lot of questions for. She was a director and executive producer on She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, and is now working on the Disney Plus series, The Spiderwick Chronicles. Please welcome to the show, Kat Koiro. Hi, how are you? Okay, we have so many questions. We're going to dive right in. Now, we loved the homage to the original Incredible Hulk series at the opening of the finale. Like, what inspired that? You know, that was something that 
the writers had crafted from very early on. And so when I came on, it was about expanding it to not just be a recreation of what came before, but also adding our little flares like her interacting with trolls, like her on the date with Todd. And one of my favorite stories about that sequence is that the bodybuilder who plays the, you know, practical She-Hulk, he said, when I was a little boy, I always used to dream about growing up to be Hulk. This isn't quite how I imagined it, <laughs> as he said in the floor-length ball gown. <laughs> I mean, but close. It's close. And he was so excited and game, but it was funny. He was like, you got to be careful about how you manifest things. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe be more specific next time. <laughs> be more specific in your dreams when you're six years old. Yes, yes. Kevin was genius. So... Whose idea was it that Kevin would be an AI and not Marvel Studios head and friend of the pod, Kevin Feige? I mean, what's so amazing to me is what a huge part Kevin plays in every little detail of, you know, the Marvel content. You think he's working on so many things. He's so busy. There's no way he's going to be that hands-on, but he really was. And obviously this is something that he had a lot of opinions on. And what's funny is that I was slightly squeamish about throwing Marvel under the bus and throwing Kevin <laughs> under the bus. And he was like, no, no, it's fine. He was so self-deprecating and game and fun. Where he drew the line is when we said, oh, are you going to do the voice? And he was like, absolutely not. Nobody. Wants oh, come it. on. Why didn't he do the voice? <laughs> he wanted a separation between the K-E-V-I-N and Kevin Feige. But I think it just speaks to the sense of humor and the playfulness and the irreverence that they have. And it's part of what makes Marvel so special. Absolutely. And we love that it looks like he's wearing a hat. I'm so glad that everybody picked up on that because we had a lot of conversations about that little hood and it looking like a baseball cap. And I'm just so glad that it played. So, so many people break down the Easter eggs and hidden references. Is there one in the show that you love, which you don't think people have pointed out? No, I, I mean, that's what's so exciting is like everything that we put in there, people get. And then they even get ones that we didn't put in there, which is really exciting. Yeah, I remember Kevin talking about things like, no, sometimes a tree is just a tree. Was there one that you loved putting in that was like, had any meaning to you? I mean, I love in the writer's room where the note cards have the breakdowns of the episodes. And on the other wall, which we don't really see, there was the shooting schedule. And it's funny because Marvel is very, you know, secretive about things because they really? have to, <laughs> they have to keep all the secrets. So the schedule is one of the things that isn't necessarily released, but then we had it on the wall in that scene, which cracked me up. Ah, uh, nice. Speaking of that, was that really your writer's room? We have an amazing production designer, Elena Albanese, <laughs> but all the Disney stuff was shot at the real Disney lot, as you probably know. And oh, we're getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> so was the writer's room real? Who, who knows? Oh, look at you leaving the mystery. And were you there? Like, did we blink and miss you? Well, I'm not a writer. I'm not a writer. I'm an executive producer and director. I just figured, though, that sometimes you're in there and maybe just... Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I actually think it is important to have that separation, all jokes aside, because, you know, part of my job is to come at it with fresh eyes. And those writers have been, you know, locked in that little room for years on end. And so, you know, part of what I bring is 
just, you know, a fresh perspective and questioning things. And so, yes, I would never be in the writer's room. <laughs> Jessica's in there. Were all the other people real writers on the show? Some of them? There's two. There's Jessica and Cody. And, oh, and Zeb, Zeb Wells. Oh my gosh, how did I forget Zeb? I love Zeb. He's kind of standing in the background and he nods when she asks <laughs> if they got the plot from every other superhero ever. And then the other writers were background, but they were fashioned to be like the real writers. Love that so much. So yes, I work on the Disney lot. It was so crazy to see She-Hulk walking around many of the places I walk every day. What was it like shooting Marvel on a Disney lot, but just being on a Disney lot and having the Disney lot be a character essentially in She-Hulk? Well, it was really fun. And you know, what's so funny is when she's walking around, it's just little tiny Tatiana in a mocap suit wearing a giant She-Hulk head on a stick. And so it's much less dramatic than the final product. I love that our receptionist was the real receptionist at Marvel and ah. he auditioned against a lot of actors and he got the part and he was amazing. That was so funny. Yes. When he hits the button, she's like, well, if you're going to do that, what? Yeah. Just beyond amazing. And yeah, like having her in Legends Plaza, there's so many touches. I'd heard you'd shot in the Disney store as well, but I didn't see it. So I didn't know if there was something shot there that didn't make the cut that we can mention. We did. It was just a little piece, like in the montage of her walking, you know, and I think part of what's so great about the episodes and the way they landed is they're very tight and very streamlined. And so it was like a little fun joke at this store about the employee discount. And it was a great (laughs) little moment, but it kind of, you know, took a little bit of the air out of the driving force of her getting to the writer's room and getting to Kevin. So it was, it was a lovely little scene though. (laughs) I mean, and who doesn't love a discount? So the original Daredevil series was pretty dark, but Matt did have some moments of levity on the show. And we love that he gets to be a lot lighter on She-Hulk, right? So how did you balance keeping the character true to what was established, but also, you know, like lighten him up? It's funny because I think a great actor can slot into any genre. And when Charlie Cox came to us, it was just like, here's the material. And the material is inherently lighter and has more jokes than, you know, what Matt Murdock and Daredevil are used to doing. And so it really wasn't a big deal. It was just an actor kind of navigating slightly lighter material. From a directorial perspective, it was really important to pay homage to, you know, those signature daredevil, you know, iconic things like the hallway fight. My cinematographer and I watched all the hallway fights a million times and kind of drew from many different ones, you know, while also putting our little poppy color spin on it. I love it. And I also love that you sort of unpack the secret of where do superheroes get their costumes and how are they so well made? And now we know, and I love that Matt is the one who brings us on that journey. Well, and, you know, there's been a lot of conversation about the yellow in the suit, you know, the ketchup and mustard suit. And, you know, that comes from Kevin and comes, you know, from the comic books. But it's fun to know, oh, the suits get built by someone. So there can be many variations of the suit. It's not something that is made and then never changes. It's a suit that a human being wears. And so I think, you know, it's part of the evolution of the character. And shout out to my friend, Anne Foley, the real maker of the suit, although we do love the character who made the suit too. You know that Anne is doing Spiderwick with me, Anne Foley, and Florian Balhaus, who shot She-Hulk, is shooting Spiderwick, and Elena Albanese, who designed the sets, is doing my sets. So it's a reunion at, at Spiderwick. That's so nice. It's good to have that comfort level with people you already have worked with. 
it's so fun. It's so fun. Okay. We've got to talk about Megan the Stallion. I love her so much. She was genius on the show. How did that come about? And was she a Marvel fan already? So the role was originally written, you know, as a celebrity who never in a billion years would date Dennis Bukowski. And it was actually Jamila who had worked with Megan before and was like, oh, she's a huge Marvel fan. Do you want me to ask her? And we were all like, duh. (laughs) (laughs) And the twerking was not in the script, even after we'd cast Megan. But Tatiana was so excited that Megan was in the show. But as it was scripted, they had no scenes interacting with each other. So at the very oh. last minute, the scene was added of signing the contracts in her room and the twerking just evolved from there. And I think one of the big surprises for all of us was how good Tatiana is at twerking and that she actually like twerked with Megan on an equal level. Wow. See, not a CGI enhanced twerk. It's not. And I really hope that they released the behind the scenes of Tatiana <laughs> in her mocap suit. <gasps> she was amazing. Yes, yes. <laughs> Release the mocap suit twerk. So at the very end, we find out Hulk Bruce was away on Sakaar and we meet his son, Scar. Does that all come about like one day you're working on the show and you get a memo that X number of things have to happen in the show and you've got to figure out how to do that within the framework of what you've built and are working on? You know, it always felt like the introduction of Scar was this little footnote that is a hint to something much larger to come, but only Kevin knows the answer to that. But do you find out like right at the beginning? Did you find out like at the end or does Kevin go like, there's a character that needs to be worked in and just make it happen here and we'll tell you later. You know, it was always a part of the ending. And, you know, there's always little tweaks and evolutions and things that change, but that was always a fundamental part of it was him at the very end returning with his teenage son. Because, you know, it takes a long time to design those characters too. You know, the idea of slipping something in at the end doesn't really work uh, with a show like this that needs so much planning. Because, you know, the designing of Scar was six months. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. And even though you only see him for a flash, you're establishing a character that, you know, may come back. Now, there are a lot of references to season two on the show. Anything you can share? You know, things that I love are the dynamic between Bruce and Jen and the dynamic between She-Hulk and Daredevil. And I know Daredevil has his show coming out, so I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if She-Hulk pops into that world. In terms of a, a second season, only Kevin knows. Good answer. Perfect Marvel answer. <laughs> As you mentioned, you're working on Spiderwick Chronicles right now. What can you tell us about the new Disney Plus series? Oh God, it's amazing. It really is. The showrunner, Aaron Kalite, wanted to age the characters up a little and make it into more of a young adult story that really tackles a lot of what young people are going through today. Christian Slater is in it. It's really exciting. Uh, cannot wait, particularly with the duo of you and Anne together again. She's the best. Uh, All right. Sadly, we are at the end, but I have one question. We ask this to everyone on the show. I'm scared. What What is your favorite Disney memory? Oh, oh, well, it's The Little Mermaid. I watched The Little Mermaid 7,000 times when I was a kid, and I actually got into theater 
and performance and storytelling in middle school. And I did a monologue from The Little Mermaid and it was the French chef's song about stuffing the crab. Les poissons. <laughs> I can still do it today. I won't torture you, but one day. Oh, when you're back, when you're back for Spiderwick, we have a little concert here. Your Carnegie Mellon degree comes out. And I have to say, I was so excited for the live action Little Mermaid trailer. It kind of blew my mind. It is amazing. I, I can't wait. I can't wait. Kat, this was wonderful. Thank you so much. Congratulations on She-Hulk. Cannot wait to see Spiderwick. Hope filming continues going great. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you. And take care. Wow. Right? Kat, so cool. I mean, wow. everyone is talking about that finale. Seriously. <laughs> well, oh my gosh, it's that time. Well, thanks again for listening to D23 Inside Disney. Don't forget to like and share this episode wherever you listen or subscribe. And if you want to chat with us, you know what to do. Hashtag D23 Inside Disney. And for all the latest Disney info, check out D23.com. We'll be back next week with more Disney news and a fantastic guest on an all new episode of D23 Inside, Inside Disney. Disney.